So we're saying good morning live from Standing Love of Global Church Fellowship in San Jose, California. And we want to welcome those of you that are joining us by way of Facebook to our members that are, are there. Uh, we want to welcome you all. We know it's not the happiest day we've ever had. But it is still a day for gratitude. Apostle Baker said something very uh, interesting this morning. One of the things was, listen, however you have to express you, you do. My only thing that I say is as you go through your pain, as you go through whatever you do, keep reaching out for Jesus. I guarantee you he's better comfort than those things called comfort, whether they're north, south, east, or west. He is a better medicine. He is really a healer. And he is my, I endorse him completely. And I recommend that as we hurt, as we cry, as we do what we do, you keep reaching out for him because he's also the one that brings you out of it. You understand what I'm saying? Brings you through it and brings us out of it. That's our blessed hope. And so, yes, we're going to look at scripture and I expect to be interrupted when the apostle comes through the door today. Um, so let's pray. And again, Diana, thank you for rescuing us from those little cups and styrofoam. Amen. Amen. I got an amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we got to thank you, Jesus, too. Because just the memory of that one time, do you have a thank you, Jesus, in you, Carissa, or do you want another styrofoam cup? Oh, no. <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you so much for weeping indoors for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And morning comes when we declare it to be so. I thank you for the love that you have for each of us. I thank you for your presence and for your loving kindness, for your mercy, for your comfort, for your goodness. Oh, I thank you. I thank you for laughter and for joy, even for snotting and crying, because it's all part of what we experience in the earth. And I do thank you for Christina. for Sharon, for Connie, for Audrey, for Terry, Lucretia, for Mert, for every individual that's living, breathing on this side, and for those that are dancing and twirling on the other side, I thank you. I thank you for every human life that is connected to this ministry. I thank you for the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers connected to loving, union, loving unity in the movement there. I thank you for relationships and formations and your heart for us. I thank you for Chrissy's children and her grandchildren and all of the family, her parents. And I thank you, Lord, for releasing the true peace of God and eradicating all lies. Healing hearts, because it's what you do. Oh, how you love us. I thank you that 
your word provides the answers to all of the mysteries of human life. Oh, when we don't understand, you give us what we need. And I thank you for being our strength today. Oh, I do. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for Leon and for Tina. And right where Tina is, the spirit of life flows out of her body and brings healing and brings changes into her entire physical structure. I release your perfect love. She loves hearts. Surrounded with love. And we thank you. Thank you. Anybody have a thank you? Yeah, I mean, really, do you have something that you want to say thank you for this morning? Yes. I'm not stalling for time, but I'm, whatever it is I have to share will be very brief. But if you do have a thank you or something, then I'm going to invite you to come on up and, and do that. You're also pretty, sometimes so shy. Don't let the moment pass by. All right, well, last week we talked about communion. And what we talked about as is part of the overall conversation that we were having. We talked about how communion, well, I, I was really giving you the spin I have on it. And because communion has been like the blood of Jesus, like so many different things. It's like, can you give me more insight into this, the, the kind of conversation that I had with the Holy Spirit? And it wasn't until I started taking it at home every day that it began to be more to me. Because I don't, I, I'm going to guess that some of you have been in church services where the word was coming and it kind of glossed over you after a little while so that you can get so much information. I've seen that look on your faces if I'm getting too detailed. And you don't really hear what you think you hear and you don't necessarily retain what you think you retain. My brother Alfred and I were talking yesterday and was saying, you know, so often you teach something or you release a word and people say, I receive it. Before you've ever really gotten the sentence out or something. I received it. It's like, and I'll go back and ask, what did you receive? And the, I, you know we didn't get too, too much when we kind of say things like, well, you know, I received what you said. You want to say it again so I can receive it again or, or something like that. But when we release it, you know that's an impartation. I'm imparting from a revelation God gave me, from a, a revealing, from a time, from a moment. And so we release words out that are going out to you as spirit to find that place in your heart to begin to nurture and to, to take root and to, to bring about. Your job, our function, when anybody releases that word is to go back to the source, the spirit of God. If it's the true word of God, then he is the source. It's sourced from him. And you're to ask him to talk to you about it so that he can reveal to you what 
the purpose that he had in having that word come to you. When I talk about communion, I, I'm talking about that, com, that it's common union, yes, but it's more than that. It's a heart to heart. And this is why I don't take communion about Jesus, but I take it with him. And I talk to him. Because he gave this, and I, I, every time I do, there's more that opens up for me. The scripture, Second Corinthians chapter 4, that passage of scripture, because you can start with verse 1 and just keep making your way down. And I'm going to look at it in the Passion Translation today. I um, invite you to turn over in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 as well. And I do think that this is becoming probably one of, it has become, a very, apparently it has, a very, very important passage of scripture to me. I haven't used this particular Bible in a while. You can see how big the print is. But that's the page right there. So there's something to this that I feel he keeps me coming back because there's more he wants to tell me. And so it's kind of like date night. Let's go, you know, let's go to our favorite spot, 2 Corinthians 4, and let's, let's talk about it a little more. And there's, this, there's a verse that's going to jump off of there that, uh, to you. But what I want to go to is where he says, Even if our gospel message is veiled, it is only veiled to those who are perishing. Now this Bible is written so small, I can tell you, I think that's verse 3. Because <laughs> the numbers are smaller than the print, the rest of the print. <laughs> okay. For their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in unbelief. And isn't that a terrible thing that somebody would throw a smoke bomb on your head and leave you in a place of unbelief? to just leave you there, to abandon you, to completely take all of your confidence or props away and leave you blind and in a state of unbelief. And that's just how dastardly our, en our enemy is. A smoke bomb into your camp, leave you disoriented, not believing that there's a way of escape, not believing that, that you're really loved by God. There's so many questions people have when somebody dies. It's, when, when, when somebody leaves the earth, leaves the planet, whatever the reason happens to be. And your faith gets shaken sometimes because you think to yourself, or you say out loud, but I don't understand because I was praying. And so forth. And has anybody been there? You feel rocked. You feel like, but we released faith. We did this. We did this. And you maybe don't realize you're making that about you. You have faith for me, but I have a decision, a right to choose what I want. I think too many people, what happens is they're in comas or they're in, and I, I'm, I think they get so close to Jesus. You know, we worship him, we, we praise him. We seek him, we want to see him. And we get these touches and these glimpses. I remember sharing with you last week how I looked in my mirror the first time I saw, really saw him, or saw his eyes. It was as he was gazing through me. And I was absolutely like, just over and over looking in that mirror because I wanted to see Jesus. And to know that Jesus was in me, residing in me, and I could see Jesus looking out through my eyes was 
and still is. Just an amazing moment. But I don't see Jesus in all of the splendor of him in heaven. That's veiled to me. I mean, you get occasional glimpses of things. We see things in prayer, especially. We'll see parts of heaven, and we'll see how wonderful it is. And you want a real good picture of it. Read in the book of Revelation where it talks about, and I believe Isaiah and others, but they describe different aspects of it. Joshua, in the presence with Moses, when Moses had to go back down with the tablets, he's like, you're good. I'm going to stay right here. Because he was in the presence of God, the closest he could get in his humanity. But the truth is, is that the closest we can get to him is in spirit. And I've heard stories of even people that have had these glimpses that had to come back and they wanted to leave. They were never as good for earth again because heaven was on their mind and in their heart. And they wanted to see it and they wanted to, to be with the star attraction, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and the Father is there. And there's, there's communication and there's all kinds of things. And so what happens to some, I've heard the stories, I've listened to people, and they're just like, it's not the same. They'll look here and again, we talk, they look at our colors and the blues and the greens, and, the, and they say, in heaven, these colors live. And so we see, this is what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians, through a glass darkly. We don't see it in the magnificence of it except through the word and except by way of the spirit of God. And that's what increases our belief in God. And that's what enables us to continue on even though we hurt so badly. It is the fact that I have a blessed hope, a blessed hope, and it's not made up. This thing is real. Is this helping anybody? I need you guys to kind of talk to me today. Yes. He's real. He's not a made-up, man-made, religious icon that people made up because they cannot cope with life. He is real. God is real. Jesus is real. Holy Spirit is real. Heaven is real. And so what we deal with, what we call the reality of earth, we have the opportunity to learn how to release the reality of heaven into circumstances and, and, and into this atmosphere where we reside. How well we learn that is subject to each of us and our choices. How much of this world, and I'm talking the pesky little details of other people and circumstances and the things that we get caught up in, that distracts us from learning or receiving what he gives us that we're able to then implement here. Are you with me? So when I spoke to my brother and I said, you know, I shared something with him, which I probably will share with you all, and his comment was, I receive. And so I said, what did you receive? What did you do with what was said? What are you going to do with what was said? If you were receiving it, then how are you going to put it to work? How are you going to pursue it? 
so that it, you know, meaning come after or open yourself up for it to enter into you. How is it going to change you when you receive it? Are you cleaving to it? Or did you take it as a word and then leave it? Because you want to marry it, basically. You want to engage in it, be intimate with it. It's not rhetoric to say these things over and over. They're saving graces. It's the power of God to enable you to stay, maintain in an insane place. Because this world, the system and the spirits that push the worldly agenda are insane. Demonically inspired is what I'm talking about. Deranged. Um, those are words that you would find in the word of God. They're not accusations, you understand. But Jesus, God, he is our light. He is our life. He is what enables us not to grow in darkness. On a day that hurts so badly on the inside, the way a person such as I, I'm not saying you have to, but I, I again, I'm, I'm, I'm iterating to everyone, this is why I'm still standing. It has to be because of him. It has to be because the Bible says that the shield of faith quenches the fiery darts of wickedness. Don't you know? It goes after your heart. It goes after your mind. If you look over at Ephesians, what is it, 6? Uh, the whole armor of God, and you're able, I don't even know where anything is today, so I don't Crystal does. <laughs> I hide in him. I run to him like a toddler. I'm not kidding you. I hide in him. Somebody would say, well, it sounds like you're reaching for a crutch. It's like, you got that right, Skippy. I sure am. Because if you think I'm going to try to stand up on my own two feet when they're wobbly and not eight, no, no, my daddy. <laughs> I need my daddy. It's okay to need him. It's not okay to stew in your thoughts. Remember we read this last week. Jesus said, what are these thoughts that you're allowing? You, you can't let that stuff have in your life. You can't. You can't. Because he is better than that. Are you with me? Thank you, Lord. I have so many songs that come to mind. And there's a, a lot of things that I, I recognize would come after you as a minister. Uh, you know, you, you they want to denounce you, talk about your failures and this and the other, it's like, nah, nah, I apologize for my mistakes, yes. But I won't let the devil be my judge. Not even coming out of my own mouth. Not even coming out of your own heart. You find that you've got wickedness or bitterness or anger towards yourself. You know, who got you into this mess anyway? 
you ever looked in the mirror and thought, you're the one that's, you know, you got, <laughs> you're the one. And that's where some of the self-abuse comes from. You know, you did this to me. It was because of you. You had to go there. You had to want that. You had to like this person. You had to call them. You, you just, no, you couldn't be satisfied. You couldn't just sit home. No, you had to go out there. If you hadn't gone out, if you hadn't been mad, if you hadn't done this, I mean, you wouldn't have run off the road that way. You wouldn't have crashed the car. You wouldn't have spent all that money. You, you just had to do it. <laughs> and you look at that person in the mirror, and it's like, I got to find somebody else to blame. Because this is not going to go well. Instead of trying to find somebody to blame, look for the person to get you out of it. I cannot tell you how many times over the years I spent money I had no business spending. <laughs> and I didn't think I could go to God. Because, you know, I had blown it, so I didn't really think I could go to God. Because I didn't think he would forgive me. It just goes to show you what I don't know about God. That's where it was. It was years ago. But I can see what you can, you have to not only can get that sin, get that, get that healing, but you got to get rid of that pattern. We have to get rid of the pattern. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We're going to have to get rid of the pattern. It's not enough to simply say, okay, I'm, I'm forgiven. I want to get rid of the pattern of behavior that does not align with who God is. You ready to talk? Okay. okay. Is this a, are you understanding? This is a thorough cleansing. I want to not go back to, as a dog to his vomit. I don't want to go back to the way I was. And so I want to let hit this word of God, this kingdom message, dwell in me, occupy. Occupy is a kingdom term. It means to take a, a, a position in a place, to have all of your forces, your your defensive forces and so forth, everything, that, it's like the army has come to camp. And I want the kingdom to occupy the places in my heart, the places in my thinking, the places in my behavior. So it's not enough to just let it flip by. This is why saying I receive is good, but the action, I let it occupy and take command and make the change and eliminate the old patterns, getting rid of everything, everything. This is the message that, that he told, kept saying, utterly destroy your enemy. You've got to get rid of all of it. And the word of God is the power that does that. The blood of Jesus, his name, and so forth. This is the power that eliminates these patterns of self-destruction, these patterns, because most of it is self-destruction, and the patterns that would bring about the destruction of others, the destruction of hopes or dreams, or even um, your capacity to connect to the faith of God instead of trying to ma uh, maneuver in the things of God on your own with what you think of as your own faith. He did not tell us 
to use our faith. He said, have my faith. Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. What does it say? The life I now live in the flesh, in this tent, I live by the faith of, let's look at the scripture, because it doesn't say I live by my faith. It does not say that my faith is what will change things. Yes, but, I, but Jesus said to the people, their faith, had, their faith caused them to reach out to his faith. Yes. But that's not what we're talking about here. There's not a doctrine for it. He made a comment about it. Wow, your faith, you, you have the faith in what? What was their faith in? What was their faith in? <coughs> what they had heard about him. It was faith in the word, which is his faith in himself, because he fulfills the word. Do you see what I mean? So it's letting this word dwell in you. And if you don't, please ask questions. It's letting this word live in you because the word of God, he brings his own word to pass because of what? His faith in his word. His faith in his word. Here in Galatians 22, he says, I'll start with verse 19. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God, that I might live. So my whole direction has changed. I am dead to the law, the law of sin and death, dead to the old way of I've got to be independent and do things on my own, and I've got to handle things. I'm dead to that. That is no longer my motive of, mode of operation. Because I want to, I'm to live unto God, and in order to do that, I have to plug in differently. Somebody else has to take the lead. Somebody else has to have preeminence. Somebody else has to be the one that, that is my primary source for every decision. It's got to be, if I'm going to live unto God, then it's going to have to be God that leads the living. Does that make sense? I am crucified with Christ. So I'm dead to the old way. Nevertheless, he says, even though I am, would you say, I have been crucified with him. All the things, all that I've been crucified with him. But I'm here. And while I'm here, nevertheless, he said, I live. I have been crucified with Christ, but I am here. Right here. So the life. I live. He says, not I, but Christ lives in me. Something has changed for me spiritually. Something has changed for me spiritually. This is what he is saying. It is no longer me on my own trying to do my best. I live, but not I. It's Christ who lives in me. The spirit, the spirit of what? Life. Life has come to dwell in me. I was functioning, mortally speaking, soulishly speaking, but life has come to dwell on the inside of me. So it is not what, it's not the natural human life. It is a different life altogether.
God is about the kingdom. True. Okay. We are going to need to go into some fasting and praying. Why fasting and praying? Because it's time to make a shift. Are you hearing? It's time to make a shift totally, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> into the kingdom of God's way of doing things. It's not something that you can, you can kind of gradually get into that, but he had told us to get ready to move from this place. He had mentioned two people, and I know that when God tells me this is how something is going to happen, that it happens that way. All right? Are, are you tracking with me so far? Wait at me if you are. Okay. And the shifting must take place in order for us to make room so that there is miracles, signs, wonders, growth. Okay, we have outstayed our place here in this building. And it's time to move. What I sense, you look so pretty today. Um, what I sense is that it's a, a shifting, but not just a shifting, but it's a shifting where the whole fivefold ministry, the whole hand of God is going to operate in a way that he manifests himself through many different people, not just through one or two. Not just through three or four. Are you, are, you, are you tracking with me here? But one of the things of it is, is this. And I'm going to ask him, I'm asking him, uh, and to see him, when does this fast start? And exactly what it is that we're fasting and praying for. How it is that he wants us to move. What it is that he wants us to do. There was many different tragedies that have happened. Many different things. I don't have the answers for them. You understand? Don't have the answers. And actually, I'm not looking for answers. I'm not looking for answers for things that have changed. I'm looking for answers for things that he wants to change. Does that, does that make, does that make a, a difference? Because he says, you've got to forget those things which are behind. I'm not talking about forgetting the people. Definitely, I'm not talking about that. All right? But what we have to do in order to make their lives count, in order to make the things count that need to count, what we have to do is find out, God, what's on your mind right now? Why are we here? Why are we in this earth? And what is it? How are we to conjoin with you to do what you want done? Uh, am I making any sense at all here? Okay? Because it's time for the signs, the wonders, the miracles. It's time for those things to manifest themselves <clears throat> and manifest themselves through the apostolic, uh, the uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers, uh, miracle workers, saints of God, uh, uh, trumpeteers, uh, 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 children, young people, everybody. Because what's going on in our earth What's going on in our land? He's saying, if you don't...
Is it a covenant of death or is it a covenant of life? Okay, and he says, I will give you life and give it to you what? More abundantly. But if you're not going to fight in order to have it, or we're not going to seek his face in order to find out what it is that we need to do and how it is that we need to shift individually and corporately, then we are going to miss this visitation. And I am not the only one, I'm sure, that's, that's sensing that. Is anybody else sensing that? See, the church age, the way the church age was, is over. We have to move into the kingdom age. And as we move into the kingdom age, we have to understand that the king himself is saying, this is how I want to move. This is how I want to shift. And what it is that we thought, how it is that we thought, the things that we studied, the things that we knew, the things that were so right on for us, they're going to have to shift so that we can flow in him. And I don't care if we end up moving out of this building and moving into a building that is so much smaller or whatever it is. I don't care. All I know is this, is that it's time to be within the manifested time of God. And he wants to do some things in this body. He wants to do something. He's saying, I want to do something. Do you think you're worth anything? You that are here? Hello, wave at me if you do. Okay, so if you're worth something and you're here or on this thing watching, don't you know it's you he's talking to? It's me he's talking to? He's saying, I want to do something in you. I want to shift something in you. So that as I shift what's in you, I'm going to shift what's around you. In other words, you're not going to be able to see the same way that we were seeing before. It is not about having uh, 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 the same kind of teachings or the same kind of trainings or the same kind of anything. It is about God, where are you and what are you doing? And I want to flow with you. I want to be in your river. I'm going to be in these rivers of whatever it is that you're flowing in. I'm going to flow in that life, that life-giving river. And it all depends on how you think about who you are and how you think about who he is. But I know this. I've had loss, 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 or uh, uh, people leaving my life. And, and, and I'm, I have no answers for it. But I do have one answer that he gave me as I sat down over there. He says, it's time to do some fasting and praying, and I'm going to do some fasting and praying to ask him when to fast and pray. Because, you know, sometimes he says to do something, and what, we, what do we do? We jump into it without having information. Am I right? Hello, have anybody ever done that besides me? Okay, we jump into it. We say, oh, he said fast and pray. Let me stop. I'm not eating now, and, and I'm going to shandala God, when do you want to use this body and what is it that you want to use it for and what is your purpose of it? So that's what I had to share. Does it make any sense to anybody? Okay, how many is on board with this? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it.
Because it's time to put the kingdom of darkness. It's time for light to come in. All of this dark stuff, all of this crap that's going on, it's time for the light to come in. And you are the light. You are the life. Because that should live on the inside of you. And will it be stretchy? Of course it's going to stretch. But who cares about that? Because if we don't do it, if we do not allow him to do what he wants to do, then why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we taking up air? Why are we taking up space? Hallelujah. I don't want to be in this earth if I'm not going to do what it is that he says to do. And I am so ready. I am so, I am desperate to do it. Because I realized something. My life is not my own. Uh, uh, he, he preserved my life for a purpose. But it was his purpose. It is his purpose. He's preserved your life for a purpose. His purpose. Not yours. His purpose. You are much needed in the earth. Why are you needed in the earth? It's not about this or this or this or this or this. It is about the kingdom of God. And as a kingdom of God citizens, we have the opportunity to do what it is that he wants done. And we're going to, I'm going to, I mean, we're going to find out. And then we're going to move in it. Does this, does this uh, 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 talk to me, folks? Are we on board? Any questions? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have we, we haven't received communion. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus and we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves, uh, dear King, God, and Father. We humble ourselves uh, beneath your mighty hand for you to say it is time for you to exalt us in this new season. It is time for you to work through us, in us, and through us as you never have before. It is time for things to change. It is time that we not preach dry old sermons, that we not do things the way that we used to, that we bring things forth that is not about us, it's not about this physical being, because it's filled with a spirit being. It's not about this revelation or that revelation. It's about the revelation of how it is that you want to move and how it is that you want to do what you want to do in and through us. I am yours. I belong to you. My life, my body, none of it belongs to me. But I am available. And I want the kingdom of God, thy kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. No more earthly stuff. No more the way it used to be. No more of that. Because that's not what you're looking for. That is not what you're looking for. You are not looking for us to do this our own way. You are not looking for us to act our own way. You want to bring yourself so that people can see you. So that you are manifested in the church, in the kingdom, that people are growing up in you, that new life is, that life is coming forth, that people are excited about you. Why? Because they see you working. 
and the world wonders, how is this happening? How are these signs, wonders, and miracles happening? They're happening because of God that we serve, that the true king, that the king of kings and the lord of lords is manifesting himself through his kings on earth and through his lords on earth. Hallelujah, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God.
because the kingdom of God. He says, thy kingdom come on earth, in earth as it is in heaven, in these earthly vessels as it is in heaven, and through these earthly vessels as it is in heaven. Helen, heaven is not silent. Helen, heaven is not quiet. Heaven is not silent and sitting by and looking and trying to figure out the earth, trying to figure out what's going on in this dust body. It says I'm made for more than that. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So I'm here to exhort. I'm here to, to, to do. I didn't even think I had anything until I sat down there and, and, and released my offering. And when I released the offering, he released this. Hallelujah. come forth and do communion. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. <coughs> Glory to God. And if we, if, if it's, uh, can I have my microphone back? And if it's meant for us to have a short service, as the pastor moved over there, I don't know why, but as she moved over there, you know, uh, whatever is meant, yes. that's what we're going to do. Yes. Uh, with people going to get, oh, oh yeah, go ahead and tell everybody what you're going to get mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you do everything that God wants you to do. Get your communion. Praise you, Jesus. <coughs> Hallelujah. So praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't get you just. Okay. Hallelujah. Those of you that are online, if you would just get your uh, communion ready, please. Oh, you
All right, sorry about that. I'm just going to get us all to put on. Hallelujah. So I was going to read this one devotion here, and it's called uh, The Anatole Man. In one of the smaller rooms within the Chamber of Scrolls was shelving, was shelving filled with scrolls of varying sizes and a wooden stand in the center. The teacher retrieved one of them, placed it on the stand, and began to unroll it. It's not Hebrew, I said. No, he said, it's Greek. The Hebrew scriptures in Greek. It's called the Septuagint the ancient translation of the Old Testament, made by Jewish scholars. Centuries before the New Testament. And this is the book of Zechariah. Hold on. Okay, this is a, a, um, a devotional, and the, the heading of it was the Anatole Man. In one of the smaller rooms within the chamber of scrolls was shelving filled with scrolls of varying sizes and a wooden stand in the center. The teacher retrieved one of them, placed it on the stand, and began to unroll it. It's not Hebrew, I said. No, he said, it's Greek. The Hebrew scriptures in Greek, it's called the Septuagint. The ancient translation of the Old Testament made by Jewish scholars centuries before the New Testament. And this is the book of Zechariah and the prophecy of Messiah as the Semach, the branch. Look at this word, he said. It's what they used in Greek to translate Semach, but it doesn't mean branch. It's the Greek word Anatole. What does it mean? It means the rising or the sunrise. And this same Greek word appears in the New Testament to speak of Messiah. So Messiah is the rising. Yes, he said. Messiah is the rising, the resurrection. And so he called. And so he could be called the sunrise. Yes, and what does the sunrise do? It ends the night. Hallelujah. Why is Messiah the sunrise, asked the teacher. Because he ends the night. And the sunrise, I said, is the light that breaks through the darkness. Yes, and so the light of Messiah is that which breaks through the darkness of this world, through the darkness of history, and through the darkness of our lives. And the sunrise, I said, brings new beginning, the dawn. Yes, and so Messiah is the one who brings a new beginning to history and a new beginning to every life that receives him even alters the world's calendar. His light is the light of dawn, and the light of sunrise grows continually brighter. Yes, said the teacher, and to have him in your life is to have the sunrise in your life. That means you must let the light continually grow and grow always brighter until it lights up every part of your life. For to those who know him, he is not only the light of the world, he's the dawn, he's the sunrise. Let the light of Messiah shine brighter in your life today. Believe the sunrise. 
live in the power of the sunrise. Begin today. Hallelujah. And the scriptures that will go with that will be. My God, my God, my God. Leon, do you realize that that's what it was that he was telling us? When I was sitting here, this was, uh, this was actually uh, yesterday's devotion. <laughs> No, actually, I'm sorry. It's today's devotion. Hallelujah! It's today's. And then in... Um, God, thank you. Thank you. Zechariah 3.8 says, Listen, Kohen Gadol, high priest, Yehoshua, both you and your colleagues seated here before you, because these men are a sign that I am going to bring my servant, Samak Sprout, And we'll go to Luke. One. Verse 78. Through our God's most tender mercy, which causes the sunrise to visit us from heaven. Okay. And then Second Peter. 3.18. And keep growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And in Revelations 21, 23. The city has no need for the sun or the moon to shine on it because God cannot gives it light and its lamp is the lamp. So Heavenly Father, right now, we take this time to spend with you. We thank you for your presence. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for the hands that prepared the communion. And the hands that prepared it. with a heart of gratitude. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you. Your precious body, Yeshua, went through so much. We thank you for taking our place. Yes, Lord. As men, women, Lord, can imagine, we can't even imagine how it was that you stood and took all of them the pain and the torture. But as you sit, you do everything, what you see your father do, you do. For God so loved the world that he gave you, and you so loved the father. Yes. You loved the world. You loved us. You took our place. Baruch Hashem, I praise you. We thank you, Lord. You took the matzah, and you passed it around to your Talmudim, your disciples, and you said, take and eat of this, for this is my body. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Amotzi Lechem Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, sovereign King of the universe, who has brought forth bread from the earth.
and this cup, or this cup. The precious cup of your blood, Jesus. You bled. And as in Bereshit, when Abel's blood was hit the ground, the Father says, His blood cries out to me. Yeshua, your blood hit the ground in Yerushalayim at the whipping post on the way up to Golgotha. Your blood was poured out. We thank you, Lord. Jesus, we praise you. Thank you so much. This cup of this precious blood to heal the sins of the world. Lord, you said it's finished. So blood of Yeshua, as we partake of you, do the finishing work right yes, now. Lord. Yes, Lord. Into those right now, Father God, that may be ailing yes. and not feeling the divine help that you say oh, we Lord, have. Because we do have your divine help, Lord. <laughs> the enemy is a liar. Yes, this is. blood speaks louder than his voice. So we thank you blood of Jesus. Speak on each and every member of your kingdom's behalf right now, here on earth. You passed around the cup and you said to your common intake and drink of this. For this is the cup of my blood. And then you made the bracha and you said, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, sovereign King of the universe, who has brought forth the fruit from the vine, even Yeshua. And for those who just want to say, Lashana Tova, Tikitevu, for tomorrow night, um, we will roll into Yom Teruah, or other known was why it's known as Rosh Hashanah. And um, as we start into the uh, Yamim Noramim, the 10 days of awe, when we, Israel would get their spiritual houses in order. Well, it started back um, 30 days ago when the time of Teshuvah. So as they would get their spiritual house in order in the 10 days of awe from now, um, tomorrow night going into Yom Kippur, then um, and then um, so we're going to listen to this song right now and just kind of worship and worship our Lord. Because he is one great yes, he's in our midst tonight. Can we please welcome Paul Logan?
the word worship in Hebrew, you got to have a little Hebrew, you know. <laughs> it's the word shacham. Say that, shacham. Every time you read in your Bible, worship, I think we, we take it something as internal, but it's also external. In the Hebrew, anyway, a lot of these things are action words. Hebrew originally was a picture language. I don't know what the original picture is for Shekhar, but it, it has to be something bent over because Shekhar means to humble yourself. It means to bow low. It means to put your face in its place. When you, when you come before a throne of grace, you, you come bowed low. It's a place where you can't defend yourself. You, you don't see what's happening around you because the object of your affection is in front of you, it's not behind you. And so we come tonight to Shaha. Heaven is full of amazing creatures, say. Some of them, Revelation 4, are covered with eyes all around. And they have very few words. It says that forever and all eternity, they only say, Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzavot. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. Tonight has already been an amazing, sometimes overwhelming experience for me, and that's not typical for me. <laughs> This is really God-breathed. But tonight, again, for a few more moments, can we, can we shaha? Can we bow low? In honor of the one who was, who is, and who is to come. The lamb who came, but in honor of the lion who is approaching. Because the object of our affection is not behind us or beside us, but he's the one before whom we bow. Worthy, worthy. Worthy are you to take the scroll and open all of its seals. For you were slain, and with your blood you've ransomed us for God. Out of every tribe and every tongue, every people and every nation. And you've made us a new kingdom, a kingdom of priests. Yes, yes. That we would serve and shaha before our God. The only one 
We're going to pray over that. 
the tithe offering, we would continue to worship God over that. And um, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give to your kingdom to give some of what you have given us, Father. All that you give us, we give a portion of it back in honor of you, Father. And we thank you, Father, for opening up, giving us the opportunity to give more, Father, creating us, Father, uh, the overflow, creating us, Father, the desire to give even more as you bless us, Father, to give more and more we receive. And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity to, to be in this place today, to hear what we, the things that we've heard and to see the things that we've seen. And we thank you, Father, that you open us up, Father, to receive everything that yes, you have given yes, us today yes, yes. and that you multiply it, increase it, and thank pour you. it out yes. and, and, and increase it and, and, and we give more and more. And we to a place that we can overflow. <laughs> We're bursting open, Father, with your goodness, with your love, and with your power. And we bless these offerings and, and gifts of love and these tithes and rumors, all that you give. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Did you have any Well, as we come into this week, uh, Tuesday is not a regular broadcast night for really telling it like it is, so there is no live broadcast on Tuesday. Wednesday we will do the Kingdom Conversations, and then we're inviting you to join us again next week, uh, next Sunday for Biblical Solutions for Life. We give praise to God for uh, the return in the house of our apostle. And we're so glad to have you in, and others as well. Yeah. And we do offer our condolences uh, publicly to the family of Sharon Robbins, as well as to Christina Devlin. Much love and prayers. Our house also, we pray over each and every person that's part of this ministry. And we give thanks to God for the incredible blessing that all of the women that have left in the recent times. Every single person has, ever, has been really a part of this ministry. The legacy will continue. And we're grateful for the time that we have with you. So, having said that, Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we release, we have released worship in this place, praise in this place, thanksgiving in this place. And the Father, the Son, the Spirit have released their life into us. So we pray that you grab hold of that 
and do something kingdom. We love you with God's astounding love. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee, and on behalf of Apostle Baker, 